Hi, this is Mike Pesca with an Upon Further Review bonus episode. This is a genuine bonus. A, we didn't know it was even going to happen bonus. Not a, buy two toppings at Little Caesars, get a free bonus topping situation, which if you think about it isn't even free. Notice the phrase, buy two toppings. So this is a bonus and this is free. And I hope for our protagonist, Jesse Eisenberg, a freeing experience from the torment he suffered as detailed in episode two. If you haven't heard that, I encourage you to do so. There, Jesse recalls a fan letter he wrote to his hero, Dan Marley of the Phoenix Suns in 1993. Jesse was being bullied. He reached out to the seemingly indefatigable Marley. And well, if you remember the 1993 basketball season, you know what happened. Marley's defensive laps led to a season-ending shot by the Bulls. And my favorite player... Thunder Dan Marley, a two-time all-defensive player, raised his hands helplessly under the basket 20 feet from the man with the ball, as if to signal a surrender. So what happened? Where did John Paxson's surge of confidence come from? And how did Dan Marley, a defensive master, so helplessly lose focus? It was me. I am responsible. Yes, I am the reason the Phoenix Suns lost the NBA Finals that year. And so Jesse lived with that guilt for a quarter century. Until just last week. We released Jesse's story on our podcast, and then something remarkable happened. An Arizona radio station heard the episode. Dan Marley, who today coaches at Grand Canyon University in Phoenix, was asked about the incident, about the blame and self-loathing a 12-year-old boy in New Jersey felt and still feels to this day. And then Dan Marley, the real Thunder Dan Marley, weighed in. Yeah, I thought it was hilarious. And he did what a hero does. He blamed a former teammate for the loss. Back in 93, I should have sent Danny Ainge to New Jersey. but That way he wouldn't have left John Paxson for that wide open three. That is the Bickley and Murata show on Arizona Sports Station 98.7 FM. And that was absolution for Jesse Eisenberg. And the next day, there was deliverance. Bickley and Murata arranged a summit between Thunder Dan and Intermittent Clouds Jesse. And that is the power of podcasts. They do so many things. I'd say number one, a new trial for Adnan Saeed. Number two, Marley forgives Jesse. Live, on the air, and now here in your ears. It's Bickley and Murata here on this Thursday, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. For 25 years, it's been a thorn in the side of basketball fans in Phoenix, and that is the Suns losing the 1993 Finals. Earlier this week, we got to the, the bottom of why they lost that Finals, and that reason joins us right now on the show. Academy Award nominee Jordan on the line? Academy Award nominee Jesse Eisenberg, who put together a great podcast for Slate.com with his letter to uh, Dan Marley as our guest here on the Coulter Automotive Group Sports Line. Jesse, how are you, man? I'm good. Thank you for the yes introduction, the give and take of the introduction. Yeah, thanks for having me on. <laughs> and now we, we'd like to uh, feature another introduction and introduce you to your favorite preteen basketball player at that time, Thunder Dan Marley, who also joins us. Dan, are you there? I'm here. How are you guys doing? Good. <laughs> Jesse right, guys. meet Dan. Dan meet Jesse. Exactly. 
Jesse, I'm Hi. sorry, man. If I would have if I would have just answered your letter or you know sent myself to New Jersey, maybe you could have been the next great point guard for the Phoenix Suns. Instead, you had to I know get into this acting I gig. So I, I apologize for that. I feel terrible. I also I also have to apologize because after I heard your defense of the uh, the play in question, um, I looked at it again on YouTube and I realized it was Danny Ainge's fault. He went to Horace Grant for no reason under the basket. It's totally his fault. I'm so sorry. I should be going to Boston now with my torch, and uh, uh, I made a big mistake. And Jesse, what we le- yeah, what we learned yesterday talking to Thunder was that in doubt, when in doubt, just blame everything on Danny Ainge. I know. Well, it seems know. to work. Well, yeah, I know exactly, exactly. I thought he, he got a little angry last night um, during the game. I was watching it, and I, I, I and like he almost stepped up from his seat, like behind the bench. And I was wondering if he had heard your you know radio interview and kind of was you know bothering him. All right. Well, hey, listen, every time I see Danny, I bring it up so he knows that I, I, I've never let that go. He just He's not one to admit his mistakes. No, yeah, okay. so let's backtrack, Jesse, because one of the things about and I loved your, your pod, the presentation was just great, but what kind of bully terrorizes a kid by throwing mulch on him? <laughs> I, it's funny. Almost like very little was true in the podcast, except I did write this letter to, to Mr. Marley. But the, 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 one of the things that were, was true was that I, I this kid threw mulch at my head. I'd never been bullied. I don't think this kid even knew who I was. But he there was like mulch around a tree at a, where the bus had picked up the kids in sixth grade, and he started throwing mulch at my head. And I just remember thinking, like, you know, if you're going to get something thrown at your head, this is one of like the lightest possible woods to be thrown at, at somebody's yeah. head. It's great because yeah. um, you know mulch is just a a series of kind of styrofoam like wood. <laughs> so the letter so the letter actually did happen, but I think the disconnect started because Dan has no recollection of ever getting it. Well, actually I always wanted to ask that like what is it like being like uh, like a basketball player? like do you get a lot of fan mail? Like what is what's the experience? Like as an actor I get a lot of fan mail, but I don't know, what's the experience like as a yeah, yeah, it's hard, especially back then. I got a tons of uh, of fan mail, and I did try to answer or to look at that at all of them, and that most of it just has somebody want you to send a card or uh, sign a basketball card. And I still get it now, where I get a long, long letter, and I'll get like two basketball cards, and very rarely, sometimes I do read the letter, but you get so much that it's hard to to read letters, yeah, and you feel course. bad about it. But you just have so much that you got to sign the cards and send it back. And then uh, for everybody who's listening, if you don't send a self stamped envelope you're not getting it back (laughs) can i I second that um and like and like did the team kind of vet everything because you're part of this like massive organization well, it's funny, yeah, it does, because I had once gotten a stalker that uh, had kind of started writing me letters, and I actually had to go to the police department to make sure, because the, the person, it was actually a guy, had said he was going to show up to the game. So some of it can get a little scary. I'm sure you've oh probably God, run into right. some of that. So, uh, yeah. yeah, they kind of start vetting some of it to make sure that everything's okay. Come on, Dan, I apologize for writing those letters. You didn't have to bring <laughs> it up all these years later, man. You didn't have the hair back then that you did now, though. So. Dan's always been a, prof- a, Vic's always been a prolific writer. <laughs> Hey, Dan, uh, Jesse's letter should have stood out at that time, though, because I'm, I'm guessing in 1993, most of the letters you were getting were from females. Am I right? That's, yeah, and that's the problem is I only read the ones from the, the good-looking girls. So I, I'm, I, I apologize I again, Jesse. I my did, fault. I did kiss my litter with lipstick and put perfume on the end of it. But I, guess it I, do not how, I don't understand how that guy buy me then. I really don't. <laughs> we're talking to Jesse Eisenberg and Dan Marley here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Jesse, going back to the, like the, the origins of this podcast, and I know it's a series uh, on on slate.com but how did this come about and and uh, you, just how it was crafted and everything I'm, I'm fascinated by it 
Oh, so, uh, yeah, my friend Mike Pesca hosts my favorite podcast called The Gist, and uh, he put together a book um, called Upon Further Review, which was, um, like, he got, you know, like, the greatest minds in sports, but also me, to write about, like, um, like their, like, theoretical ideas of what could have happened in various parts of sports. So, like, the first one uh, that they did the podcast about was, um, like, what if Nixon had been good at football? Because Richard Nixon really wanted to play football, and if he was really good, you know, how would it have changed the course of history? So, when he asked me if I had any good sports with us, he knows I'm a basketball fan, my uh, yeah, my initial thought was, what if yeah, what if Dan Marley had read my letter, and what if I hadn't written the letter, and because um, that was my only real interaction with like sports as a kid, you know. Otherwise, I just was obsessed with watching it, but I never. Yeah. I think I went to one game, so I was not you know not really like involved in it anyway. That was my only kind of like interaction. Now, Jesse, how did you become a Suns fan in the first place? I think uh, it was that team. It was that amazing team. I mean, I had the jersey of. Everybody on the Suns, like, I mean, including, like, Cedric Sabalos, Elliot Perry, I think I had a jersey of, <laughs> Oliver Smith, I think, I just, it was that Miller? team, but yeah. Dan Marley was, Oliver Miller, sorry, and I think that, it was just that, I loved that team, it was so exciting, there were a lot of Bulls fans, I think that my best friend at the time was like a Bulls fan, so maybe it was like the natural, kind of like, a natural counter to that, and I loved Dan Marley, I loved, you know, I mean, right now the game is all, you know, real, long-distance shooters, but at the time, it was a little more unusual. It was a real center-dominated game, and um, and so he was just so thrilling. It seemed like possible, like it seemed possible for somebody like me, like a, you know, a skinny kid, like in the suburbs, like, oh, maybe I could, like, just shoot, because it's not <laughs> yeah. like, you didn't have to be that strong, even though Dan Marley is strong as well, um, but, like, it, it seemed like, you know, so it's kind of, like, predated what the game is now, which I think is probably why the game appeals now to, like, I don't know, it feels like the game currently like appeals to so many young people, and at the time, that's what that, it was that part of it that appealed to me. And Dan was always just so tan, too, Jesse. You know, he just <laughs> stood out. You couldn't just believe it. Well, it's right. hilarious. I, I mean, I did play in my, Miami and Phoenix for most of my career, so it's kind of hard not being tan. So if you look right. at my Cleveland you... pictures, I was pretty pale. <laughs> that's right. That right. was the hope for every average white guy out there. That's what everybody's saying, huh? Well, and, and Jesse, what we, what we discovered yesterday is that had Danny Ainge not screwed up, uh, Thunder would have never ended up in Cleveland. So, so, so your hero paid a serious price for what went down that day. That's right. Wait, re- wait, wait. So what, there was Miami for several years after that. So what, what's, what's, the, what's, the, um, well, what's the connection? Was that well, like? what happened is we lost, we lost because of your stupid letter to, to, uh, <laughs> to the Bulls. And then uh, the next year we lost to the Rockets, and they went on to win the championship in the, in the Western Conference Finals. And in the following year, uh, I think I was so distraught that we lost again to the Rockets, and then they went on to win the championship, and then they decided to dismantle the team. And I had one year left of my contract, so they sent me to Cleveland for a guy named John Hot Rod Williams. So I played the one year in Cleveland, then I was a free agent, and then I went to Miami. Oh, oh Cleveland was right after. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. There. Well, oh, we've wow. all forgetting I'm about really that, Jesse. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, we've all. Wow. Oh, my God. There's so many, so many horrible things I didn't even realize. I <laughs> only realized that when I saw my psychologist and I laid on the couch and she brought that memory back up and it came out. So. <laughs> right, right, right. right. <laughs> Jesse, we, we got to know, uh, and, and I know on the podcast you also talked about be- being a Knicks fan, you know, gr- growing up in that area, and, and you're obviously yeah. a huge basketball fan. The Suns are starting their, their second 50 years of existence. For the first time ever, they got the number one pick. They have Devin Booker in the fold. Is there any chance we can recruit you back to be a Suns fan in, in the future? Kind of a new beginning, and then we could bury this letter once and for all. 
Yeah, I mean, this is this is this is the beginning of 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 the new team, definitely. I mean, that's really exciting, and you know, I. Uh, since I started getting back into watching basketball, maybe about like five, six years ago, um, I do always watch the Suns with like you know some kind of nostalgic hope. And it looks like now they have some. Now they have a good shot. They just have to get this pick right. Now, Jesse, um, I'm just curious if if Thunder was your favorite basketball player ever, and you lived and died this stuff. This has got to be like just a really cool moment for you to be talking to your athletic hero, right? Don't you have like some questions you want to lob at him? <laughs> I do. It's so surreal. And if it wasn't like in a public forum now, like on a radio station, I have a million questions. It's just such a strange thing to meet well, somebody in a, this setting. Well, we can make a deal. If you come to a Suns game, I'm now coach at the head coach at GCU, which is just yeah. down the street, uh, Grand Canyon University. So if you ever go to a Suns game, take the 15-minute drive and come to GCU, and you'll be on the floor seats, and we can sit down in my office, and wow. I'll field any questions you want. And I'm sure I have a few for you also. Well, thank you so much. And um, I I actually had planned to do that. I thought, you know, why don't I just, I I thought, this is like six months ago, I thought I want to write a book about all the people I liked when I was younger and like wondering if they knew that, you know, people were out there. Anyway, you were my first person that came to mind. And I thought, well, let me go to Grand Canyon and and meet you. And maybe we could do like a talk or somewhere. And um, I would love to take you up on that. That would be so great. That'd be awesome. Bickley and Murata bringing people together. How yeah. about that? Yeah, yeah, that's good. You guys should call North Korea and see if we can get that meeting back. <laughs> right. And Jesse, when you come to when you come to see Dan at GCU, make sure you use the same lipstick you use to kiss that envelope. It'll be all good. More of the perfume. I'll never day. forget that perfume, Jesse. It lingers in my nose right now. I can I can smell it now. Thank you, Jesse. Thank, thank you. you so much for doing this. We know you're on thank set you. in Montreal filming a movie. This is great. Great to meet you, uh, Dan. Thank thank you so much too. We really appreciate it, guys. Thanks. Great All right. <laughs> Thanks. See you. <laughs> Jesse Eisenberg, Dan Marley, our guest on the Coulter Automotive Group Sports Line. It's CoulterTempe.com, Coulter on Camelback.com, and CoulterNissan.com. How cool is that? Yeah. Yeah. Now we have a we we have the makings of a celebrity Suns fan. That is outstanding. That's not named Tony Jefferson. No, no, that's <laughs> that's really really good. And just think about that because we had that conversation about geek out moments. You know, for you and I, it's always we work around athletes, so it's always the musicians. Yeah. When you get to meet them, it's like <gasps> that had to be that way for Jesse too. Yeah. Right. And here's a guy. You know, on the other side, I mean, Dan Marley's talking to a, a an Oscar nominated actor. That's a good point. <laughs> that's a good point. Very cool. Jarrett Carlin. Kudos to you, my friend. That's well done. That's good producing right there. I tip my cap to you. Do you have anything nice you want to say to Jarrett, Dan? No, but I do want to read. <laughs> no, <clears throat> but I, <laughs> I want to read this uh, this tweet we just got. To be fair to Dan Marley, he did return my letter an NBA hoops card with his autograph, but KJ Mayor Johnson did not, and he kept my card. <laughs> That'll be our next quest. We'll get a podcast on why KJ didn't uh, return the card. <laughs> that is outstanding. Thanks again to those two gentlemen for uh, joining us. Coming up, the D-back still in the tank offensively. We've got some solutions. Maybe? We'll get into them next. Bickley Murata, we're live at the Cardinals training facility in Tempe, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Bickley and Murata. How about, I mean, how about that? Okay, okay, we will not be joining the boys to dissect the Diamondbacks' offensive woes. I don't know, fellas, maybe you don't want to have a guy with a 278 OBP at the top of the order. I mean, Dyson's 40 points below league average. Anyway, anyway, that's not my job. That is for Bickley and Murata, the Bickley and Murata show on Arizona Sports Station 98.7 FM, who we thank for setting up the interview and giving us the tape. And also a huge thank you to their producer, Jared Carlin, who, unlike the U.S. and North Korea, did 
achieve a successful summit. What If I Hadn't Written That Fan Letter to Dan Marley in April 1993 was based on a piece written by Jesse Eisenberg. You can find that and other sports what-ifs in Upon Further Review, published by 12, an imprint of Hachette. Upon Further Review, the podcast is hosted by me, Mike Pesca. Our executive producer is Derek John. TJ Raphael is senior producer. And Steve Lichtai is executive producer of the Slate Podcast Network. Tuesday is the next true episode of Upon Further Review. Robert Siegel reports on the Dodgers, the conceit being they're still playing in Brooklyn in 2018. And if Clayton Kershaw listens to that one and believes it and decides to buy a townhouse in Bushwick, you will hear it here first on Upon Further Review.